0: Welcome to Podcast 132 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. If you're new to the Quality Christian Living Podcast, then you probably are not aware of the the number of topics that we try to take as the Holy Spirit directs us. I've taught a series of messages on prosperity, also on faith, and on finances, and on generosity, and even written a couple of books on issues that our veterans are dealing with today. So there's a plethora of topics we've been covering, and we're going to focus, though, over the next several weeks or maybe months or so, I'm not sure how long it's going to take, in the area of miracles, because we serve a God. Of miracles, a miracle working God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can imagine or whatever we can think, according to the power that's inside of us. And that of course is the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna get going here about the issues on of miracles, and today's title is Why God Does Miracles. Now that might seem kind of plain and maybe kind of easy to answer, but you might be surprised as we get into this, as the Lord has given me scriptures, given me some instructions on how to present this message to you. Before we go any further, we need to pray and invite the Holy Spirit into this session. Father, I thank you once again for an opportunity to bring a message to those who have tuned in today. I pray that you would anoint it now and that you would quicken my heart, that I would receive exactly what you would have me to say. I pray that the Holy Spirit would come in and take over, take charge. I surrender totally to the Spirit of God, that we would be able to hear from you, Lord, that we would know exactly what we should say and what we should avoid talking about. Pray your anointing would come down in a very special way today to touch the messages coming forth and also to open up the hearts and the eyes and the minds of those who are listening in today. I believe for great miracles are going to take place and I believe that we need to give you honor and glory for it even before it happens. So we thank you in advance, Father. Bless this time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me remind you again, this podcast is entitled, Why God Does Miracles. Before we get too far into this podcast, we need to address the title, specifically the title, Why God Does Miracles. Well, first of all, because God is sovereign. He is all-powerful, has all knowledge. He can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants to do it. You see, God is omniscient, which means He's all-knowing. He is lacking in nothing. He has infinite awareness. Our God is also omnipresent, which means He is everywhere, at any time, in any place. In addition to that, he's omnipotent, which means he has unlimited power and authority, and he's able to do anything. Now, that should kind of establish some of the groundwork of what we're going to talk about today. You see, we serve the God who lacks nothing, can have anything that he wants, with one exception. God cannot have us unless we ask him into our lives. God gave us the ability to choose him or to reject him. If you've not given your heart to Jesus Christ, you should do that right now. If you have, then just believe with me as I'm asking folks literally who tune in all over this world to accept Jesus. Just simply say this, pray. Father, I need a Savior. I need you to forgive me of the sins that I've committed. I accept you. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I ask you to come into my life and make me a new person. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he was born of the virgin mary and that he suffered and he died but he was resurrected that i could have eternal life so on this day i accept jesus christ as my lord and savior in jesus name i pray amen now if you prayed that prayer you need to find a good church to go to you need to pick up the word of god and believe it and read it and get to understand what it is to be a follower of jesus christ now we can move on with all of our understanding of who what and where god is why does he do miracles for us just us individual people. You know that's an easy question, but it has a lot of big answers. So let me give you those. I've got several steps here I want to talk about. Reason number 1, God loves us. He created this world to bless us. He gave the life of his son to free us from our sins. Reason number 2 that God wants to do miracles for us. It's because he's God. Nothing is impossible for him. He has all wisdom owns everything in the heavens and in the earth reason number three that god does miracles is to show us that he is god to show us he is able. There's nothing here that he lacks. Nothing is impossible for our God. And he's available. You know, all we have to do is whatever we're involved with is just simply stop what we're doing and ask God to help us and direct us. He's always available. Think about that. I'm sure there's been a time when you wanted to see a person or know someone who is important and you tried to get an appointment with them, you tried to call them, you tried to write them, and they wouldn't respond. They were not available. But to think about, we have a God who had, he makes himself available to us. Us, no matter what we're involved in, where we are, what we're doing, and He is always there to listen, to hear, and to answer our prayers. So we serve a God who is available. Reason number four why God does miracles is because we ask. It says in the Bible that if we ask, He's faithful to hear us. It also says that we have not because we ask not. And I need to stress that right now. A lot of people who are in need of a miracle, maybe you've already prayed about it. You've asked God to help you and it hasn't happened yet. Or you're praying for someone else. You know that they need a miracle in their life. And yet you may have given up and said, I'm just gonna have to stop asking. Maybe God doesn't want me to do this. I don't believe that we should stop asking. I believe that we should keep trying and keep contacting God. We need to ask. And if we ask, He freely gives. And maybe the answer isn't exactly what we want, but God will always be with us. He'll always stay close to us. He's always available to us. So we serve a God who desires to do miracles. And why not have a miracle take place in your life? Ask God. Continue to ask God. And believe that you're going to see that thing come to pass. Now that we've laid a foundation of why God does miracles, we probably ought to go back to the beginning. and start all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Genesis 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surfaces of the waters. Now, I'm not going to read every single chapter and every single verse because we understand that process of creation. But when you think about it, God created water, He created dirt, He created daytime and nighttime. That's what all these scriptures tell us. He created the sun and the stars and the sky. And then God created the plants and the animals, and the fish, and the clouds in the sky, and the moon at night, and just to think that this is all of God's creation. But when he looked at it, he knew he wasn't finished because then he created man and then shortly after that, he created woman. And when he had done that, he said, now, this is good. You see, God knew that his creation would not be complete without man and without woman. He knew that that would be his shining glory. And that's the greatest creation I believe that he made. Obviously, I'm kind of selfish to that point, but I believe it's amazing to think that God was not done yet. He had this incredible creation, of the heavens and the earth, and all that was there, and all the beauty that we see. But it wasn't finished until he knew that he had to have man serve that. And then he put man in the garden of Eden with woman, and everything was going great. And then we know that sin took place, and then God knew that he had to provide a way for man to be forgiven of his sins. And so he sent his son Jesus that Jesus could be sacrificed, that man would have an opportunity to be reconciled with God. That's amazing, and that's just a whole course of miracles that took place. So now let's move on and see how miracles apply to our life today. After all those creative miracles, God knew that he would have to attend to the needs of man and woman, those that he had created. He did not just create us and then just leave us to be on our own. God then created miracles for us. He made them possible. He made them accessible to us. He gave us a way to understand how to receive them. That's when his word was given to us. He allowed the Holy Spirit to come down to the earth and dwell inside of us that we would understand the ability that we have to see miracles take place. And then in scriptures, and we'll talk about that, if not in today's podcast, but in the podcast to come, how God then even gave the gift of miracles to his people. So God believes in miracles and he created man then he created a way for man to be provided for and had the needs that he had taken place wow that's truly an amazing god you see god had already created the miracles that we would need and a lot of us need to know that you know if you're facing a miracle today you need a miracle in your life or you know someone else who needs a miracle that miracle has already been created god has every bit of creative power that he needs to take care of every miracle that's needed in this life today because nothing is impossible with god So with that, I'm going to go back to the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, read chapter number 46. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9 and maybe a few more if that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to read. So I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation, and I'm reading Isaiah chapter 46, verses 8 through 10. Do not forget this. Keep it in mind. Remember this, you guilty ones. He's basically talking to people and saying, Look, there's mistakes that you've made, but you need to remember all these things. Verse 9 Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future. Before it even happens, everything I plan will come to pass, for what I do whatever I wish. Boy, we're talking about the amazing power of God here, aren't we? God established this way back in the Old Testament, talking in the book of Isaiah, where it's recorded, where he is telling us, remember, I've already made all this stuff. I did all the miracles already. I can do any miracle that would ever be needed of man. And yet, we doubt so many times God, and we question God. And a lot of folks, I know you might be struggling right now, thinking about a miracle that you had prayed for, and that you were wondering, why didn't it come to pass? How come God didn't answer that. Well, we've got to remember that in all cases, God is sovereign. That means God has the ability to do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And sometimes I believe when a miracle that's needed, God will not allow it to happen because he's got a greater plan. He's got a greater way. I think of the year that I spent in Vietnam and I prayed constantly that I would not get hurt or injured or captured while I was there. I wasn't even a Christian, but I said, God, if you'll just help me get through this, I promise I'll do this or I promise I'll do that and i made a lot of promises to god and quite frankly i didn't fulfill those promises until many years later until i became a christian but i think about the miracles anyways that he allowed me to go through he saved me from certain death in several case situations that really made no sense that i survived in those situations but god answered my prayer and performed a miracle right there. And I believe it was because there were people back in the United States who knew me and who were Christians who were believing and who were praying and that God honored their prayers and that God took me through it. So if you're one person who's struggling with maybe a question you have about how come you didn't get your miracle or someone else that you love didn't, I believe that God's got a greater authority. He's got a greater thought. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that God has higher thoughts than we have and greater plans and higher plans than we have. And sometimes when a person passes from this earth into eternity. God knew what they might be facing. God knew that they were believers and that they were going to spend eternity with him, and so therefore he brought them out of that situation and took them to a higher place. I know my daddy died at the age of 80, and I wish he'd lived for another 20 years or more, but it just wasn't to be so, because now he's walking streets of gold with God the Father and with his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My mother made it to the age of 95, and when she went to pass, she was totally at peace with God and had the most peaceful sweet smile on her face when she went to be with her Lord in heaven. So don't get angry with God. That's not going to help you. Don't get mad at God if you don't get your miracle, but continue to believe, continue to trust, continue to go to God because he is the God of miracles. And the Bible tells us, we were reminded right there in the scripture, it says that, remember the things I have done in the past for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Let's not forget that he is a miracle working God and don't give up on your miracle. As we move on, think of this. God is so great that He can bring us from physical or spiritual death to life. There are obviously physical things that cause death and there are also spiritual things that cause a spiritual death. So I'm going to talk about that right now and we're going to talk about the physical that he has brought humans from death to life. Let's read about that in John chapter 11. I'm going to start at verse 1 but I'm going to bounce around a little bit because this story takes a little long to read but it's important that we understand kind of what took place here because these people were looking for a miracle. It says here in verse 11, a man named Lazarus was sick, he lived in Bethany and his sister's Mary and Martha they live with him so this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them off with her hair so basically he's saying that her brother was sick and he said get the Lord to come here let's pray for him that Jesus will heal him but when Jesus heard about it he said oh Lazarus's sickness will not end in death so he's fine don't worry about him he'll be just fine later in the chapter the disciples said Lord if if he is sleeping he will get better soon they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping but Jesus meant that Lazarus was dead. So Jesus said, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe me. Come, let's go to see him. So basically, Jesus Jesus arrived in Bethany around verse 17, and he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for 4 days. And it's interesting, but Mary had stayed in the house and Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask." Jesus told her, "Your brother will rise again." Martha said, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And then Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Now, put yourself in her spot. She said, yeah, right, sure, Lord. But, you know, bottom line, you know, he was dead. Lazarus was dead and had been dead for several days. And she said, yeah, I believe you. And then she said, yes, Lord. She told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the son of the one who has come into the world from God. Then she turned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary now immediately went to him. You see, Jesus had stayed outside the village, a place where he had met Martha. And basically, they were kind of getting a little bit irritated with Jesus because his friend, Lazarus, had died and so Jesus basically said, don't worry about it. He's going to be just fine. So when he arrived at the tomb, he was, and Jesus was angry. It says Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Now, think of that. Here he's getting ready to perform a miracle and she's saying, no, don't worry about it. He's been dead for four years and the smell is terrible. Jesus responded with, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Now, you take that why don't you take that to heart right now? Let me just, I'm saying that to you right now. Why don't you take it to heart. So didn't Jesus tell us that we would see God's glory if we believe? So we need to put that in our heart. We need to park that in our mind and in our heart and make it a part of our life so that when we're praying for miracles, we remember that and believe that Jesus is able. So basically, Jesus goes on and says, he prays to, to his father. Father, he says, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing there so they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hand. Hands and his feet bound in grave gravecloths, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrapped him, and let him go. Now look at that. So Jesus was able to bring life to a dead person. And that's happened even to this day. There have been great people of God, incredible missionaries and evangelists who've seen people come back to life. I think of Smith Wigglesworth, who was a great man of God. And if you've never read anything about him, you might want to get his materials. They're still out today. I believe he passed away in 1946, which is, by the way, is the year that I was born. And he's has many miracles written in his, in his writings on faith and believing and many examples of people who literally he prayed for and they came back to life. So God can give us that kind of miracle working power and he's still performing that power even to this day. So with that, now let's move on and talk about spiritual life and spiritual death. I'm going to read from one of the most famous scriptures that we find in the Word of God that's repeated often, seen on television at sporting events and people walk around with John 6. showing that God so loved the world. So I'm going to read John 3.16 New Living Translation and here's what these words tell us about spiritual life and spiritual death. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son that so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now what that means is God wants us to come into spiritual life. You see, because before we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're basically spiritually dead. We do not have the Holy Spirit living in us, dwelling in us, and therefore we are not. We may be alive in our body, and we are, but our spirit life is dead. So when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the spiritual life comes into us. The Holy Spirit comes into our life just as soon as we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when that takes place, we now have new life in Christ. But that life, if we don't feed it and continue to help it grow and read the Word of God and pray and seek God and seek what His Word has to say about spiritual growth, it can soon get get weaker and weaker and weaker, and we can continue to live physically, but we could lose our spiritual strength, our spiritual power that's in our life. I don't mean that we we lose our salvation. I'm saying that we lose the spiritual life. It becomes kind of dormant. It's there, but it doesn't come to life. So we want to see a continual spiritual life taking place in us to grow spiritually. And the Word of God has so many examples of how to have spiritual growth and growth in your life. So with that, we'll take on that those topics in future podcasts and I've also talked about them in prior podcasts on the topics of miracles. So just to understand this, God so loved the world that he gave his son that we would have physical and spiritual life. We would then have spiritual life for eternity in heaven. So it just doesn't get any better than that. And that is truly the greatest miracle that can take place in our life, is to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now when we become Christians, God prepares us for miracles. Now think about that. When we become a Christian, God is already working on us and preparing us and getting us ready to understand that we can see miracles and we can have miracles take place in our life. And we find reference to that in a wonderful scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. This is a wonderful scripture that will help you understand how God is preparing us for miracles. You know, I think I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, for we know that when this earthly tent, which is what we live in, that's this body, when we die, we'll leave this earthly body, we'll have a house in heaven, Paul's speaking here, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And then Paul talks about we grow weary in our present bodies. And he says, while we live here in these earthly bodies, we groan inside which means we have sickness, we have our challenges. He says, so we are, but we're always confident. He says in verse six, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. And he goes on talking about how our bodies are challenged with various things that take place. And then we even have challenges with each other because we understand our fearful, fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere and I hope you know this too. And he goes into saying in verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. There's a key right there. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. It just powerful to think that when we become Christians all of a sudden there's a whole new awareness of God and who he is and what he's done how he saved us from a life of eternity in hell to a life of eternity in heaven with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and so God is beginning to do a work in us he says God prepares us now for things he's preparing us for a miracle when we become Christians the preparation starts and we start seeing that our body has needs so we pray and ask God to help us and we we believe that as we read Corinthians, it tells us so much about how God wants to help us through this challenge. This podcast doesn't allow me to read, you know, a whole chapter or two or three chapters. You can pick up your Bible and do that. But remember that as soon as you become a Christian, preparation to understand and believe in miracles starts to take place because the greatest miracle that's ever taken place in your life is the miracle of your salvation and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's go to another passage of scripture that helps us understand that God prepares us for miracles in our life and that's found in the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read in chapter 2 in the New Living Translation, probably start somewhere in the fourth or fifth verse. I believe that's important that we read this because it really helps us understand how we're being prepared for a life of spiritual growth and physical growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. But God, it says in verse 4, is so rich in mercy and He loves us so much that even though we were dead, that's spiritually dead because of our sins, He gave us life when we raised Christ from the dead. There's a miracle. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 7. So God can point us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. Verse 8. This is really getting good now. God saved you by his grace when you believed. There you go. Miracle right there. When you believed and you can't take credit for this because it's a miracle from. God. That's what it is. It says it's a gift from God. Verse 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Verse 10, listen to this, for we are God's masterpiece. There's a miracle. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things I believe that's work in miracles. He planned for us long ago. God planned for his people to work in miracles, to be a part of miracles, because they are a miracle. Creation is a miracle, and that we can have miracle working power in our life. We can believe it and accept it. And as my one of my favorite teaching goes, found in the book of Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, where it talks about God, in, in, in our relationship with God, we can call forth those things that are not as though they are. We can believe for things that are not, that have haven't even happened yet. We can actually see them. We can see a person walking in health and walking in strength. It reminds me of a little boy I saw when I first became a Christian. I've told this before in other podcasts, but not more than just a couple of times. I think we need to say it right now. When I was a new Christian at the age of 25, I didn't understand miracles. I didn't understand healings. I didn't understand visions and any of these things. But we went to church one time, and when we were in church service at the end, the pastor of that church brought everybody up front and have us to have us pray, be prayed for. And have needs being prayed for. Well, a man went up front with a little boy, a young kid of maybe four or five, six years old, something like that. And the little boy was there when his dad was holding him, and, and a whole bunch of other people were up front. And the pastor was praying, and the people in the church were praying. And as I looked at this little boy, I was really drawn to him. And I closed my eyes, and when I closed my eyes, I saw this little boy's his inside, literally his internal organs. And I noticed that he had one kidney that was functioning just fine. Now, I'm not a doctor, I had signed, uh, you know, studied anatomy in college or anything. I didn't understand that, but I knew basically what a kidney ought to look like. So he had one kidney that looked like it was working just fine, but the other one was all shriveled up and looked like it was dead. and wasn't functioning. And I just prayed. I said, Father, this little boy has a kidney that's dead, and would you heal it and restore it? And I, I believe for that now in Jesus' name. And that's all I did. Just very simple like faith. And so when the service was over, I went up to the pastor and I said, I'm just curious, there was a little boy there who was being held by his father. And I just prayed that that his kidney needed to be healed. I don't know what his need was. You didn't say anything. He said, no, I really didn't. He said, well, the, the, the dad's taking his son in tomorrow. The son's gonna have surgery on that kidney to see if they can bring it back to life. And I said, well, I believe that it's working, it's functioning. I saw blood flowing through it and it looked like it was running just fine when I had my eyes closed. Closed. And the the pastor looked at me and he says, that's amazing. That's a miracle. And he said, "Well, he's going for surgery." He said, "Come back Sunday, and then we'll see what took place." So then Sunday came around, and the father went up front with the little boy, and he looked at the church audience. He came up front. The pastor said, "Would you give him this? Would you give the congregation your testimony?" And he said, "Well, my son had a dead kidney, and I'm going. Oh my goodness! So there, there it is. But when we went to the doctor, and when they examined him and X-rayed him, they found out that that kidney was functioning perfectly normal." and both kidneys were normal, and he had been healed. A miracle had taken place, and I was just overwhelmed by it. I mean, I was just, maybe the expression, I was blown away. I was 25 years old, a brand new Christian, but the Lord had shown me what this little boy's illness was, and that's a spiritual gift, and he gave me the... Faith to pray and believe, so you don't have to be a Christian of 50 years to be able to know how to pray for miracles and for healings. And so I'm going to believe right now that a miracle is going to take place as I pray and I close out this teaching today. Because even though I have more material to go over, I I think I have to stop. Just it's time now to bring this to a close, and I'll bring up this other information in the the following podcast that will follow this particular one. So I'm going to pray for you right now, and I'm going to believe that if you have a sickness, maybe a kidney problem or some kind of an illness in your body i'm going to pray that the holy spirit will move in your life and the healing power of jesus will be manifested in your life whatever the need might be whether it be a kidney whether it be a problem of some other area of your body, or maybe an emotional problem, but let me just, just if you will, just find a place, a quiet place, and listen to this prayer and receive it, because I believe God's going to perform miracles where you're listening today. I just believe that with all my heart. Father, you know the needs of those people who are listening in today, and you know the needs of those that they know, the people that they're aware of, and that they're praying for a miracle. So, Father, as we join together, I pray in the name of Jesus that healing, Would be present in the lives of those who are listening in and of those that they're praying for and i pray for the miracle of healing in kidneys father right now in jesus name and i pray that you would bless and that you would touch and you would mend bodies there i'm sure there are people out there who are having various problems physically with maybe knees or hips or ankles or maybe wrists, hands, I just sense your power is flowing through them right now. And I thank you in advance for healing them and raising them up, Lord. And I pray for those who are struggling with issues, dealing with sickness in their stomach or or pain or discomfort, that healing would flow through them right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind, Father, that those people who are having problems with difficulties, Lord, in the center of their body, Lord, with pain and discomfort, Lord, that they would be healed and raised raised up in the name of Jesus. We believe for that. I thank you, God, for this opportunity that I've had today to pray for those needs and to lift up those who are struggling. And I believe this message will go out in strength and power because it will and has been anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring forth great miracles. I'll thank you for it in advance. I'll give you praise for it in advance. And I call forth those things that are not as though they are. Bring them to pass right now. Mm make them happen in the lives of those who have needs, I pray, and break forth with your miracle healing power. We give you praise for it now and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, I hope that this teaching today, this lesson, this podcast, whatever you want to call it, has been a blessing to you and that you'll be strengthened in your walk with God and your understanding of why God does miracles and kind of the reasoning behind it and that it's already taking place because miracles are already in us. We are a miracle. We're a living miracle of God. And those miracles are there to take place in the lives of others. So I believe for that and I hope that you were blessed by it. And I just thank God for the opportunity I've had to share that with you today and pray that you'll be blessed. If you'd like to receive additional information or teaching on some of the topics that I'm talking about, you can go to my webpage davidcfriendauthor.com and there you'll find a link that will take you to my podcast to listen to the other podcasts that I've done on, on miracles and on healing and on faith and on prosperity and various topics and I think you'll be blessed there. When you go to my webpage, you'll also find a link to the books that I've written. There's a number of them I've written on the issues of generosity and faith and things I believe that will strengthen you and help in you. So I hope that those will be of help to each and every one of you. In addition to that, if you would have an interest in subscribing to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I'm excited now as we continue on in our series on miracles. And I'm just going to entitle the next upcoming podcast. I'm just going to call it miracles, period. Just simply one word because I believe that I'm not finished in this particular segment on why God does miracles. And so I'm just going to call that next podcast miracles. I want you to call your friends, and relatives or neighbors, and let them know that you heard a teaching on miracles and that God is doing something special in your life and the life of others. You might even gather around with people who have needs and listen to the podcast, listen to the scriptures, and claim the promises of God that we've given you today in these scriptures. I believe it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for all of you. So, with that, I look forward to the next podcast. So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you and may you receive your miracle.